We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The MPW Digital Podcast Network proudly presents McCrady and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. Join longtime SEC beat writer Neil McCrady and former South Alabama assistant, Alabama staffer, and Ole Miss recruiting coordinator Tyler Siski for an hour of football and fun. Listen and enjoy as they talk ball, the national landscape, and much, much more. Now, here's your host in the Clark Ford Studios, Neil McCrady. Welcome into episode 80 of McCready and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. That's a good one. I'm Neil McCready. That is Tyler Siski here on this Thursday afternoon. It is uh, June the 1st. This is this is June. May is over. It is June 1st. You know what today is, by the way? I need to start this episode. Today is my lovely wife, Erin's birthday. Oh, happy birthday to Erin. So, um, she's really excited. She's, not, she's 25 today. Mm-hmm. That's what we're going with. She's twenty five. Not twenty nine, but twenty five. Well, I don't know what 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 do I need to say now? Twenty nine. I think twenty nine. Twenty nine. She's twenty nine today. Yeah, twenty nine today. Um, which and, makes you a criminal, by the way. Which which part? Well, I mean, if 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 she's truly twenty nine, your oldest is sixteen. Oh yeah, good point. Do, do the math. She's thirty four today. <laughs> How about that? That's better. She's thirty four today. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Somebody's probably listening. Going, well, there's no telling. They're probably like, is this guy serious? Um, reminded me, dude. Um, funny story. Since it's May, it's or June now, be a good story to tell. Since it's her birthday, um, her birthday was in 2012. Was one of the three worst days as a husband I've ever had. Um, so it was our first year here at Ole Miss. And it was like when camp, you know, we had we had a huge one day camp. It was our first big camp when we got here with Hugh, and we didn't have an army of people back then. It was like me and one other guy, and so we're trying to get, you know, John Miller was helping us, you know, organize stuff on camp. We had prospects on camp, the whole deal. So the day we got Evan Ingram's commitment, by the way, um, so that part was good. Turned, dude, out, turned out to be a good player. It was. He ended up being pretty good. Um, so, dude, I had, I mean. Chaos, right? You're trying to get everything organized. We had 300-and-something kids on campus with a two-man crew, uh, really two-and-a-half of Miller helping us out with logistics and things and food and stuff like that. And, and I just grinded, man. I just put my head down and worked and worked and worked. And about 
9.30, everything kind of settled down. Kids got out of there. And like I do at the end of every day, you know, I go, she's probably getting ready to go to bed. I haven't talked to her today. Let me call her. And and so we talk about, you know, whatever. I was like, what would you do today? She's like, oh, I went out to I went out to dinner with oh, you, uh, you Stacy Batoon and right, right. Jill Freeze and went out with the coach's wives who went to go eat dinner because they were two good friends and Allison Nix and this. I said, oh, that's fun. And, you know, we talk oh. about something else. And she goes, anything else that you need to tell me? And it, immediately when she says that, I'm like, what in the hell did I not tell her? And I'm like, I'm not going out of town. I'm, I'm starting to go through all the stuff that maybe she she picked up from the co- other coaches' wives. Like, the, was there something I was supposed to communicate with her? I said, no, I think I'm good. And oh. she goes, happy birthday to me. Oh. Dude, bad, oh, bad. day. <laughs> bad day. I'm still hearing about that. And that was 11 years ago today. So I'm still hearing about that one. Not are you good. are you a birthday person? Me personally, yeah. No, see, I'm not either. But because my my birthday has always been in the middle of football season, so I never had a I'm not celebrate my birthday kind of guy. Right, all that right. stuff. Like some people whose birthday I think spring birthdays are more celebrated. Maybe early when there's nothing else going on. My my birthday always has stuff going on. Your, your birthday is October or something. November thirteenth. November thirteenth. Yeah, I, I just I've never been a big like personal birthday person. So, but I have to remind myself, especially with the girls in my life. Yeah, that's no birthdays are big deals. Birthdays are big deals. Birthdays are big. Now deals. my wife's not a my wife I'm talking about hitting a, hitting a lottery now. She's not. She's not. She doesn't like presents and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, but I still you know do something. Yeah, but you don't have to go out. You don't want to forget it. You don't forget it, though. Right, That's, right, it's right. more. It's not what you do. It's just don't forget it. Yeah. But that one, so that was a bad day. Um, my response to how when I found out she was pregnant with Brock, that was a bad day. Um, have I told you that one? <laughs> no. Have I told that on here? I don't think so. Um, <laughs> Jackson was, uh, dude, he couldn't have been three months old. I mean, it, it was, yeah, it was about three months old. And we were at, I was coaching at St. Paul's. And so this is in the middle of, it was uh, – no, he's a little older than that. Whatever it was, she was working at the uh, orthopedic group, so she had to go to work at, like, the crack of dawn. And she was up getting rest, dressed for work, and I'd, you know, been up all night, tired, and Jackson's in the bassinet just crying. First kid, you know, yeah, just, yeah. just in my ear. I can't sleep. She flicks the light. It's on. It's on. I'm not a morning person. And she comes in. She goes – I'm laying with my eyes closed, flat on my back. And she goes, I'm pregnant. <laughs> and dude, I raised up off that bed like the Undertaker. I mean, just straight up and looked at her. I said, "You got to be fucking kidding me!" <laughs> and then she was like, she started, you know, crying. That was bad. And then uh, so that was ba- that was bad day number two. <laughs> that was bad. Um, that That's didn't go bad. well. No, I can see that. And then uh, that was not the reaction she was yeah. looking for. And then when I I left, I took a I took a coaching job in the middle of the night. We've heard that. One. Yeah, yeah, that was one. that was day one. So I've had, I've, I've looked. We've been together like ten thousand days. I've had three bad days. I'm shooting about ninety nine point nine nine. That's good. That's so solid. I'm doing good. That is solid. <laughs> We're brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel, three hundred milligrams of natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, and zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. I'm telling people if they haven't done the peach nectarine yet. On the rainstorm, you're missing out on life. 
I don't care where you have to buy it. I don't know if your local grocery store or gas station has it or you got to order on Amazon. Yeah. It's change your life right here. It's good stuff. It All is right. number one ahead of Red Dragon for me. I just, to me. Red Dragon's two? To me, putting something ahead of Red Dragon is kind of sacrilegious. Red Dragon's two? <clears throat> but this is number one. Um, Did you do anything for Memorial Day? Not really. Uh, Laura went to Nashville to um, meet Campbell. They were, they were finding a place to live with her friends, her new roommates, and the moms and stuff. And um, it was just me and Carson. So it was pretty chill. Um, we got the new liner in the pool finally. So I had to fill up with water, and then I had to go get the salt. And the water's so cold that the salt doesn't dissolve. Oh. So you're putting the salt in like one bag at a time and then brushing and brushing and brushing and making it dissolve. Because you don't want it to, if the salt just sits on the liner, it'll, it'll eat through it, right? Well, it'll fade it. Gotcha. And don't want that. It won't eat through it. I, I mean, I guess it conceivably could. could, but you know, it would eventually dissolve. Not because, a pool guy. Yeah. So I was doing all that. Yeah. And, and um, anyway, did that on Saturday pretty much all day. And then we watched, uh, Carson and I watched <laughs> game six of the Eastern Conference final Saturday night, which was an amazing basketball game. And Great then, finish. Uh, can't remember what we did on Sunday. Oh, Friday night we watched Air. Oh, good. I watched it on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Good. It was really good. Yeah. I had already seen it, but I wanted him to see it. And he was like, ah, I'm not going to watch that. I'm like, I'm telling you, you'll really like it. Oh, and, it's good. And for me, Air was like really nostalgic. Yeah. Not just because of Jordan, but because of like all the stuff they showed, like the, the, the commercials, the music, the um the cars. Well, the, even the posters <laughs> like Moses Malone and and Bobby Jones and the, yeah. the old SI covers and um, Rubik's Cube and the cars and the way houses looked. They just did an amazing yeah. job with it. That, that was good. Um, yeah, I, I, enjoy, I watched that, I don't know, a week or so ago, maybe two weeks ago. Um, I wrote this down, not on the sheet, but I had to tell you something funny. It's like, dude, uh, so we went to the lake and – Mom and dad were there. I gained like five pounds over the over a couple of days. Um, we avoided major catastrophe. And that's my fate. So if the good Lord was looking out for us, like major catastrophe. So we dad has this thing. Dad goes, he loves it. He goes to buy the uh, you know, if we go to the lake for any kind of holiday, whether it's Memorial Day, Fourth of July, or whatever, he goes and does the fireworks. And he doesn't get the little fireworks. I mean, we're putting on a an amateur display of, you know, fireworks. So mortars, the whole deal. Mm -hmm. So we go by the lake. We got a golf cart that has a, uh, like a dump bed in it, you know, that you can work out of it, you know, like a small, instead of having a bat seat, has one of those. Well, for years, we got these five-gallon buckets, and we'll put the mortars in these five, you know, the used mortars up in these five-gallon buckets, and then we'll carry them back up the hill or whatever to the house and dispose them the next day or whatever. So this is the first first year we let the boys kind of start lighting the fireworks and learning, you know, doing those, those kind of things because they're not safe. These kind are not safe at all because they'll they'll quick shoot you every once in a while. Um, and we go up, we go up. I mean, we're done shooting fireworks, 35, 45 minutes. And I'm inside, we're watching TV, and – Aaron's already going to bed and you know, my mom's going to bed and my dad's going to bed. It's like me and like Brock and maybe Jackson, I think, uh, upstairs and we get a knock on the door and one of our neighbors had for, had come down to watch the fireworks and had forgot something and came back to the 
area to look for something, dude, one of those mortars caught was still hot, catches fire, and starts burning all the buckets, plastic buckets, you know, in the back of that deal. Oh, wow. Next to a box, a cardboard box full of fireworks. That's not good. Next to my car. That's not good. <laughs> I'm talking about me to you, closer to me to you to my car. And he's like, your golf cart's on fire. And so, dude, I, I come running. I knew exactly when he said that. I knew exactly what it was. And sure enough, those buckets were on fire in the back of the deal. Like an idiot, I went, Brox goes to get water. I just run because it's. I'm afraid it's going to hit those fireworks. And, dude, I, just, I grabbed those buckets oh. and just threw them out of the back of the, out of the, back of the deal. But another two minutes, and we'd had a problem. You had some explosions. Yeah, because if that the golf cart burns down, it's going to burn my car as well. I mean, it's that close. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, we we avoided avoided catastrophe there. That could have been bad. And so, Aaron Aaron might would have criticized your uh, my judgment your judgment on that one. All right, let's let's get on the show here. All uh, right, let's do it. So, obviously the the portal numbers that are going to be coming out in the next couple of weeks are still kids are still getting matriculated. But good rule of thumb is, is if you're, you know, classes have pretty much started everywhere, uh, summer classes. If somebody's still in the portal, it's not a good thing. You're probably not coming out. Very small chance unless you're a grad transfer that, that adds late or whatever it is. But the kids that are still in the portal, probably not going to work out well for them. So um, I will get some more portal numbers as they – it's just they're no use – there's no use to even getting numbers right now because – they haven't matriculated the kids that have enrolled this week and things like that. So they're very uh, inaccurate right now. Um, but there's going to be, I don't know, there's probably going to end up being two to 300 uh, um, kids left in the portal. What'd you, what's, what's the look? What'd you get? Something in the chat? Someone in the chat said Biden fell, and I just pulled it up and saw it. Wow. Wow. He fell? He he. I'm sure I'll see it later. I'm sure it'll be all over the national news. Yo, <laughs> it probably won't make the national news. Oh, if I turn on Fox News, it'll be will it be the Fox news, news story. Have, Fox News will have it on a loop. <laughs> Fox News will be talking about today in the weather. You'll just see Biden falling. You know what the best part is? Though? C- CNN will, meanwhile will say the president is perfectly fine today. I was telling somebody this today. This is how bad news has gotten. And I'm sorry. We'll get off this in a second. The I've I've tried not to watch it at all. I used to be my routine in the mornings. I've tried to move on to things, other things. Yeah. I've completely avoided it. I don't it was probably I'm gonna blame it on my wife, but it was on our um bedroom TV the other morning. Everybody's getting up, getting the kids going. And you know how like she likes watching today's show because she likes Savannah Guthrie. My wife does. Okay. And um you know how they they're going to commercial break and they'll come back and coming back, you know, when we come back and they'll talk about the story. Sure, right? the tease what's coming tease what's coming up. Uh-huh, sure. So I had to rewind it and watch it. It was so funny because even the news people have gotten like, come on, guys. It was like coming uh, coming back. Uh, still we have such and such coming on to talk to us about artificial intelligence. It is going, he says that it's going to cause the extinction of the human race. <laughs> And everybody just went, like, come yeah, on, come guys. On. Yeah, come on. And, and then Al Roker, who's actually funny, he goes, enjoy your Cheerios. <laughs> <laughs> Smile and have a great day. I mean, like, 
Now we're t- it's gotten to that point. Now it's no longer it's dangerous for you. Now it's going to cause the extinction of the human race. So I thought that was funny. Um. Anyway. Uh, all right. So this DeAndre Hopkins, who's yeah. not who's not really been all that effective for the last couple of years. Still, if, still good. Why is why is he not getting more play from good teams? Because right, it sounds so, like it's Houston, Detroit, Chicago. For whatever reason, he wants out of Arizona. And, you know, he, he was uh, reportedly on the trading block, and he was. Mm-hmm. You know, that was speculation earlier, now that last week or so. I guess he went uh, – he got released, I think, after we did our show last time, like that day or the, the day after. Um, but he was on the trading block. But he, he wasn't getting anybody to bite on the trade because when you trade for somebody, all right, when you trade for somebody, you have to pick up their contract, whatever their contract, current contract is. And where they were with the Arizona contract, it was too much of a financial burden for any team to take on. Right. So that's why he couldn't get traded. Not that anybody wouldn't take him. It's just the financial burden. So instead, I mean, this was probably a bigger tell of anything. They, they just cut him. They took the the cap hit, so you're losing cap money and him not on your team. That that says more to me than yeah. To me, that says a lot. I mean, that tells me that either they think that he's just not worth the trouble, and or he's lost a step, or the or the relationship is beyond repair. Right. You know, and maybe you got a new coach, you got a new front office, the whole thing, same owner. But I've always said I don't want to coach somebody that doesn't want to be there. And maybe that's part of it. I don't know. But it was just – it said a lot to me. When you're going to take that kind of cap hit and just cut him, and we're not talking about a shitty player, I still think he is the second-best wide receiver in the NFL. Maybe the third. Oh, okay. You know, I'm taking uh, well, Adams, I mean, from, forget, the, forget AJ the, probably. Forget the money for a minute. That If, if you're right, that's a difference maker on, oh, on, yeah. on a team that's oh, a piece away. He's wide receiver one. I would say damn near on any team that he he goes to, minus probably two teams. Probably won't be wide receiver one in Philadelphia, but he'd be wide Cincinnati. receiver. Uh, Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh, he may be. I mean, he's that good, dude. I mean, he's legit. I mean, it's not like he's – this guy sucks or anything. I mean, he's legit. But he kind of had a a weird deal in tech of the Texans getting out of there. Now he's got a weird deal now. You know, I bet he doesn't get as much – with whoever picks him up and, you know, basically he's a free agent, but it's a little bit more manageable and they can do some things cap wise and hide him to get him out of there. So I think the bills Browns, who else did I see bills, Browns, Panthers, somebody else. I there saw. was some lions talk. I didn't see. I mean, I yeah. haven't. Yeah, we'll see. Um, all right. So this had me cracking up. This got me thinking too the other day. So our good friend, Cole Kublik sent a, uh, tweet out where he said can't wait to come back to the sip yeah because Ole Miss released their uh, schedule time schedule you know and and I noticed the Tulane game that's at Tulane is at 2 30 p.m. yes week number two now I don't know anything about their stadium it's 30,000 seats roughly yeah somewhere there is it turf it is turf that's why that's what made me think of this so what spawned this was I, I was listening to your show this morning, and I was I had I had to tell this because it's unbelievable. So, Freeze's first year at Arkansas State when he's the OC, second game, we play ULL. That's uh, 
University of Louisiana at Lafayette, or now it's the University of Louisiana. Depends on who you want to talk to, but ULL. At ULL, on Sept- I went back and looked the date up. It was September the 11th, 2010. The hottest game, check that, the hottest I've ever been in my life, to the point to where it was in the mid-90s, I think, temperature-wise. Um, but that turf, the field temperature was 100, I think it was like between 155 and 160-something. Oh, my God. Yeah. And this That'll was, melt your shoes. Well, it did. That, I mean, I was, and so we traveled 10 receivers, okay? I, I knew we were in trouble when we go out for pregame and we come back up for pregame and it looked, our training room that's on the road, you know, you got a little room, it looked like the end of a game. We had multiple, multiple people. I had one. I coached receivers. I had one player that had to go in to get an IV after pregame. All right? We travel 10 receivers. So we go, and it, when I say it was hot, it's the only game I've ever coached. I'm almost my, I'm embarrassed to say this, but it did happen. I cramped up as a coach. My legs, I went almost into a full body cramp in the fourth quarter. Um, my shoes melted. I had blisters on my feet, on the bottoms of my feet from standing. Yeah. Um, we had a travel 10. I finished the game with two receivers. I lost eight of my 10 receivers during the course of the game. To dehydration and stuff heat, like that. Heat exhaustion, whatever. Yeah. Um, so I had one of my players, and he was my best player. Now, look. You can say whatever you want to about football players being in shape. There is no other person on that on a football team more in running shape than a wide receiver. Of course, because all they do in practice is run, 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 yeah. run. And, Just and the way I, yeah, we because the way I treated practice, and I've always done as a coach, is if you run good enough in practice, we don't have to run after practice. Right. And so we finish drills, and we you know you catch routes on air. We're going to run, and you know we get we get mileage in. So those guys are in, especially in a tempo offense. I mean, they're trained. They're in shape. Yeah, yeah, sure. My best player was Taylor Stockmer. But look, the heat, I mean, not to interrupt your story. Yeah. The heat has nothing to do with being in shape. No. That's the part that people don't. Frankly, sometimes the people who are in super shape, don't who don't have a lot of fat to work with, the heat gets them before it gets normal people. Right. But you're like, you know – I guess this is what I was getting at is you know how much you run, you know the conditions. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. We pre prepped. I mean, we IV'd before the game. Yeah. You know, we we very cautious on I mean, the amount of nutrition and things that go into prepping a college football player's body for Saturday, people have no idea. Sure. It's like when you know you're you're running a marathon, it's your your nutrition stuff starts weeks in advance. Yeah, it, yeah, it's, sure. it's insane. Um, it's not like, hey, take a salt tablet, you know, it ain't none of that. You know, it's right, right. it's real stuff. Yeah. And and so I come back up. Well, one of my best players in there getting IV. He's never had, I've had him for, at this point, for like three years. He's never had a problem in his life. And I'm going, this guy's played a lot of football for me. And you're like, what's up? And we've, <laughs> we've played in heat. <laughs> you know, sure. It, it, we're from Arkansas. It's not like it was cold during August, right? Right. And I'm sitting here going, what is going on? So we come out of the uh, locker room, whatever, get ready for the game. We kick it off. We go three and out. The first drive, three plays. I think one he ran one route that was like six yards. The rest, the other two were run run plays. Dude, I come on the sideline and he's like, Coach, I'm, and he's very. I had a good relationship with my kids. They could talk to me. He's like, Coach, I'm done. So, 
what the f you mean you're yeah, done? We're just getting started. He's like, coach, I I can't, I can't function. I'm like, what's going on, and dude? And he we lose him. Hell, he had to go to hospital. And to the point, he was in the hospital the next week with like kidney stuff. You know, I mean, yeah. like it was bad. Yeah. So as the game goes on, my guys are dropping like flies. I ended up with two wide receivers at the end of the game. I I would basically play them, and it was the ones when you when you're getting down to receiver number nine and ten. Anthony Rich Anthony Robertson was a uh, Robinson was a walk on wide receiver. We ended up putting him on scholarship, but I had a walk on at the time and my worst scholarship player. I hope you I hope you're not listening, but Jay White, Jonathan White, and he was a, actually a really good player. He had hamstring injuries. He just couldn't function because he couldn't. He was coming off a hamstring injury. wasn't I, mean, I bet he couldn't crack five flat on forty that day. But dude, it was those two guys. We were in twelve personnel, so I had an inside receiver, a slot receiver having to tell him what to do on outside receiver because we only had two receivers left to play a game. And we damn near came back and almost won the game. And Freeze has no mercy. He's going tempo every snap. <laughs> I'm like, I said, we're killing these kids. But when I say it was bad, my shoes melted. I cramped. The At ULL, they have the student section and the visiting and the band, their band, right behind the bench. Yeah. They sent the band home halfway through the second quarter. That's how bad it was. See, all right, <clears throat> I get it, TV, right? They changed the rule after that. But they're going to play that game at 2.30 in the afternoon on September the 9th in New Orleans, Louisiana. I'm a Louisiana boy. <laughs> and maybe, maybe Mother Nature will provide a reprieve. Who knows? But if you're betting on it, you're betting it's in the 90s and the humidity is out of sight that day. Like two thirty in the afternoon. What the hell are you thinking? I get it's TV. I get it's TV, but well, the Sun Belt made a rule after that game because you could not play another conference game in September. I think before six thirty or whatever the mm-hmm. night window was. Now out of conference you could. Yeah, but in conference you could not play because out of conference when it's like the I don't know if the rules have changed, but when it's ESPN three and ESPN plus or whatever they call it now. You can set your own time for those games unless it's a conference game. So they changed it, but, like, dude, it's an advantage for them. I mean, I would do the same thing if I was coaching at Tulane. I had control of the game time. Now, I don't know if they did being – it's an ESPN game, right? Yeah, it's ESPN 2, I think. I don't think they I don't think they had control of it. No, but, they didn't. But I mean, let me well, tell you what, you better, better, better start IVing now because, let me tell you, you couldn't pay me to go watch that game. You couldn't pay me oh, to go watch that. No, game. I'm with you completely. It's going to be so hot. Dude, there will be fans that, that, oh. that it's going to be a hot ticket to try to get, no pun intended. People will drop out in the state. Oh, there's no question about it because it's New Orleans. You can have people that went out drinking the night before. Oh, they did about it. They didn't properly hydrate, and they're going to wake up in New Orleans. It's, listen, I love New Orleans. They better pack their game-changer patches. Well, they need, they're going to need all the game-changer patches they can handle. But you they, like that? Yeah, I did. That's good. Um, they're they're going to have to um, – they're going to go have mimosas and Bloody Marys and stuff like that at 930 in the morning. They're going to have a couple. They're going to have a couple of couple, couple of tall ones with lunch before they, they head out to the ballpark. And it's going to hit them Dude. like a sack of rocks, man. Uh, I just I, I said on the Oxford Exxon podcast, I feel bad for the EMS people that are there because oh. they are going to be busy. You better bring you better bring an extra supply of IV bags, too. If you're if oh, if you're my man Pat Jernigan, yeah. <laughs> make sure he brings some extra IV bags. Oh, you'll be you'll be dripping 
two-thirds well, of the roster. You pre-IV him now. Like, you know who has heat problems. Like, right, right. Heat problems, I don't – somebody, if a doctor can correct me, but pretty much it's – I wouldn't say it's hereditary, but you know who your heat problem guys are that have had it in the past. And any time a guy's a heat problem that has had problems, usually at the end of, two, you know, fall camp or whatever it is in the practices, those guys get identified, and they do a great job pre-IVing them and taking special care of them ahead of time to right. make sure that doesn't happen. I mean, when I've had heat guys playing receiver that we'd IV them at the hotel before we left. Then they would get to the stadium, do what they need to do, and then drink their Gatorades and do all that stuff. And then they would IV them. Like, I can't remember who was it. I want to start to say it was Carlos McCants, but I can't remember. I had one I had one player that would leave as long as we – like if we punted or changed possessions inside two minutes, he would go in. I would send him in early if, if we didn't want to get the ball back or whatever right. to go ahead and get IV'd. Or if we had a lead and you, hey, I can get, get without him. Um, send them in early, but yeah, it's going to be, <laughs> get you some of that. A word from our sponsor, better help. It can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem solving mode when faced with the challenge in life. But when you learn how to find your own solutions, there's no better feeling. A therapist can help you become a better problem solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or small I've used therapy in my life as a way to kind of clear negative thoughts, mentally relax a little compartmentalize. For me, it was a life changer. It increased my happiness. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable. It's entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapist anytime. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash mpw today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash mpw. Um, I want to, because we talk how bad it is all the time. The NIL, there is a good side to NIL. I think we saw it. I don't know how much of it's really affecting football, but other sports it is. Um, Zach Eady from Purdue is coming back for his uh, last year, the mm-hmm. center from Purdue, the seven footer. Yeah. Was he National Player of the Year? Yes. And so I guess he was projected as a second round pick. Uh, was I, I looked it up? It's what they were projecting him. Yeah, his game. That's what they were. Does not translate particularly well to the modern NBA. The NBA doesn't really play a lot of back to the basket centers. Right. Not anymore, for sure. Yeah. Um, but he's coming back, and that's NIL's good use. You know, in years past, I think he would have gone ahead and gone and got whatever he was going to get, get the money. Yeah. But now he can get. Not all the money he would get, but some of the money in oh, case I it doesn't know. work out. I, I think he might make more money in coming off that year at yeah, Purdue. NBA, NBA dudes get paid, I though. Don't know that he, I don't know that he makes an NBA roster. I mean, he's, he's oh, got – Oh, you think it's that bad? Yeah, well, it's not bad. It's just he doesn't – you look at the modern NBA game, they play bigs off the floor so fast. It's more positionless than ever before. I mean, even the all-star teams now – it's just take five players. They don't they don't do the guard guard center forward forward the way they did forever. Yeah, you know, it's because a lot of teams don't really play a center. Yeah. You know, I mean, no, when they don't. Nikola Jokic is a center, not really, but <laughs> a big three, <laughs> but not really. Right, right. I mean, you know, thirty years ago, people would have taken Kevin Durant, made him a center. Yeah. Now he's basically a two guard. I think you're going to see some of it in football eventually. You know, I think like a Bo Nix probably with him, you know, quarterbacks that yeah. are not going to be a top guy. If they see a, a lighter class coming in the next year or whatever, you can pay him and keep him around a little bit. So that's good. 
All right. Uh, our good friend Deion Sanders uh, was getting really hammered on social media and articles and certain teams about comments that he made. And I'm going to take Deion's side on this one. See, I didn't see this. What happened? You know, he was just saying, here's what happened. And as soon as I tell you where he was talking, you're going to go. You're going to know exactly where I'm going with this. He was talking at like a booster, not a booster function, but with a group of boosters like at a, uh, what do we call them at Ole Miss? Like Rebel Road Trips or whatever, you know, that you go out, your basketball and your football coach, they get on the bus and they go tour or whatever, mm-hmm. alumni groups. How yep. about that? So he's talking to that group and he's saying like, you know, basically, hey, we're going to be a, better not count us as, a, as an L and all this, you know, stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. It's what you say to your fans. Of course. And people are just running with it, man. Oh, he's saying that they're going to be – no, guys, and this is why I'll, I'm going to take Deion's side on this. It got Sark in trouble at USC. There should never – it should be a strict no cell phone policy when you speak to booster and alumni functions. It should, And when people record you, because you're going to say stuff to fire up the base and get them all, you know, mm-hmm. to charge the crowd. You're not sitting there and saying it. You know, it's a different environment. And you get quoted, and he wasn't doing a media opportunity. Now, I guess with Dion, he's been he he has to understand that, but he's he doesn't really care one. But it's not. I just I don't like when media and people run with articles and quotes off something he's talking to an alumni base trying to fire up his fans. I, I just I'm going to take his side on this of what he said. I take it for a grain of salt because every coach in America does it. This is the danger of clickbait journalism. I hate it. One of the things that I love about rivals is that our analytics are not based off clicks. Right. I don't know. I love it. I, I just, it, it. So he says something at an alumni meeting that, come on, you have to take that stuff with a grain of salt. He was basically saying, and then someone takes it and turns it into something because they want to get headlines and they want to get clicks. We're going to play, you know, we're going to, Play, you know, it's not they gonna know when they can show up to play us, or you know, just something you say to boosters and fans to get them fired up. It's not, I don't know, I, I just that really uh, it was very clickbaity and and it bothered me a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna take his side on that. I just they need to, a strict no cell phone policy in that. All right, uh, SEC meetings. Have you been following these at all? I have, I have followed them. A, a decent amount. I went into the week um, with the realization that they were going to do eight games instead of nine, and I was bewildered by it. I still am, sort of. I think it's more about – I still am not sure that anyone is properly reporting the story um, because I think what's happened is, to this point, TV is saying, nah, we're not adding – we're not – we're not going to pay more for a ninth game. We want a ninth game, but we're not going to pay more for it. We're going to pay for it. We're going to pay, and that's it. And so the SEC is going, okay, well, then we'll play hardball with you. We'll, we'll go eight games. And then everyone's doing this thing about the damn playoff and all of that stuff. And I keep waiting for someone to go, hey, you know what? What about the fans? What about the fans? Well, they're going to get left. And I hate that I'm the guy that's that because I, I don't have that reputation. I have a reputation of you don't care what the fans think. I actually think about this from a fan's perspective. You're asking the fans to pay more money in a time of great inflation. Let no one kid you that it's not inflated. I mean, go to the grocery store. 
Go to the grocery store. <laughs> no doubt. And, and when you finish your trip to the grocery store, try to tell yourself that inflation ain't so bad. Why did my $200 trip to the grocery store turn into a $400 trip to the grocery store? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, Laura went to the grocery store on Sunday morning, came back, it was $430. Dude, I spent $434. Okay, well, there you go. That same trip to the grocery store a year ago. $260. Yeah, and, two, and a year before that, well, that, that's, that's inflation. That's major inflation. So that inflation affects everything else too, gas, hotels, restaurants, all that stuff. You're asking people to make these trips five, six, seven times a year to Auburn, to Tuscaloosa, to Athens, to Oxford, to Fayetteville, to Columbia, either Columbia, whatever. You don't have to buy. Whatever. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And stay in hotels. And 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 go to the games and buy tickets. Oh yeah, and contribute to the NIL fund because we got to pay the players. <laughs> and and then hey, we're gonna play uh, Kent State. We're gonna play Central Michigan. We're gonna play Ball State. We're gonna play ULM. We're gonna play Central Arkansas. We're gonna play Mercer. We're gonna play these teams. I mean, at some point, if I'm a fan, I'm like, no. No, I mean, I mean, no. My answer is just no. I, I don't, I don't want to that bad. Now there are a lot of fans out there that love it so much. Thank God. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for you. That love it so much. It's like, no, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to Oxford. I'm gonna go to Auburn. I'm gonna go to wherever because I just love it. It's my favorite place on earth. All my friends are gonna be there. I'm gonna tailgate in the Grove or the the caboose in Columbia, whatever, whatever. Right. I'm going to go do all that my stuff, and I'm going to go watch my team. I'm going to go watch the Rebels, the Tigers, the Gamecocks, the whoever. I'm going to watch them, and I don't care who we play. I'm cheering for them, and quite frankly, if I know we're going to win a game, I'm even. I'm going to go in with a better mood because I know there's a zero chance I'm coming out of the stadium pissed <laughs> off. But for every one of those people, I think there's a person that goes, nah, man, I'm not doing that. I'm not going up to that Mercer game. One o'clock in the afternoon on September the second. Hadn't that been going on for a while though? It has, but 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 now the prices are higher, and to, and and then you're you're being asked out loud to pay for the players. <laughs> That's true. That's a new thing. That's true. All right. So here was my thing: is like every I was telling you before we started these SEC meetings. It was almost like they had a script of questions to talk about. And they went right down the script with every coach. I listened to every coach answer the same exact questions in their in their fifteen minute interview. Well, and I was telling you, I know how this works. Yeah. I didn't know that. That was interesting. You know, this is hey, we got to we're sending you down here to write about this. So write about the schedule, 
write about NIL, write about expansion, write about whatever. And so those coaches come into that room and everybody's kind of like, okay, well, you know, Drinkwitz didn't say anything. Let's see if Kirby does. Right. And then maybe Kirby says something. And then it's like, okay, well, Jimbo's coming in. Hey, Jimbo, Kirby said this. What do you think about this? And then, so that's how you build your story. Gotcha. Um, so the scheduling part, like, first of all, the fans need to know this because apparently the media doesn't. Coaches don't have shit to do with scheduling. Like, Nick Saban, as much influence as he has, is not going to change one person's opinion that actually has a vote on what the schedule should be. If it should be an eight-game or nine-game schedule. Oh, yeah, I see what you mean. I'm talking about yeah. not the first iota of right. influence on if it's going to be an eight-game or a nine-game. This is going to come down to the president's. And Greg Sankey, period. Yeah. Period. Yeah. But the coaches have opinions and they express them. And so if you're in the media, you ask about it. Right. They'll yeah. they'll they'll give you their opinion, but and but at the end of the day, like I think it's gonna stay eight, but that's just my opinion. But well, it's very clearly going to stay yeah. eight. But here's the here's the deal is this is all about we can it's all about money, right? The only reason that it's a decision whether to go eight games or nine games is, okay, do we get more money from ESPN deal if we play nine conference games? Or do we get more money by getting an additional team into the playoff? What kind of – what's that revenue offset? And I guarantee you, whichever one gets the most money, and if there is a big difference, they'll switch the schedule accordingly. They don't care about – and this is what I'm exactly what you're saying. They don't care about the fan. They don't. If this was about the fans, this would have been decided. This was an easy decision. We're playing two and seven, home and home, nine-game conference schedule, if it's about the fans. Because if it was about the fans and the SEC football fans, the best fans in the world, love them, most passionate fan base sure. of any conference. But by doing that, you get home and home with every team every four years. Every four years, you're getting a home and home with every single team in the league. That's mm -hmm. pretty cool. Oh, it's, it's that's pretty cool. It's great. I mean, I've lived here, and for people that listen that are not familiar with Oxford, this is a really cool town on game day. And when you have – I remember when our first year when Texas came in, just mm -hmm. the zoo that it creates with all the Texas people coming in because they want to visit, a, you know, Oxford and the Grove. And Texas A&M's first trip a year later. Yeah. Anytime you're – any fan base that goes to these – I remember when we were at Alabama, we go to Texas A&M, big deal. I mean, you know – that's where Bear Bryant used to coach. We're going to, you know, whatever it is, sure. every fan base has a place that's cool. And, sure. And so you don't think that Georgia's first trip to Norman won't take a lot of Georgia people out there? Sure. Oh God, Same thing when they went to Notre Dame, you know, whatever, right? Of course. So if it's about the fan, that's an easy decision. So by not making it an easy decision tells you they don't give a shit about the fans. It's about money. Right. And so whichever one pays off, is it the TV deal is going to pay us off or the college football playoff? Now, if they're thinking the college football playoff, they need to stay at eight teams, in my opinion. And Sam Pittman, I, I watched his interview. I did not think of it this way, but he is 100% right. Any way you want to look at it, if you go to nine teams. Nine games. Nine games, you're mm -hmm. adding eight losses to your, to your league. Yeah. That you can't get out of. Right. As opposed to playing another non-conference game. He goes, and he said, hey, not saying we're all going to go undefeated in non-conference. But, but the good teams will. But you're guaranteed to lose a game 
uh, eight more games in your league guaranteed if you go to nine games. Yeah. And so that's that part. Um, so I get it. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if they're at 12 or 16, whatever model they end up going to, there's going to be six at larges any way you look at it. Um, so are you a top 10 team? That's the question. That it's going, are you a top 10 team nationally? That's what it's going to take to make the playoffs. Any way you shake it out, whether you go to 16 teams or you go to 12 teams, are you a top 10 team? That's what's going to get you in. So are you a top 10 team at 9-3? and three? Or ten, you're guaranteed to be a top ten team at ten and two. Yeah. If you're at nine and three, depends on who you lost to. Right. You know, let's take and where you lost. Yeah. Let's take mm -hmm. let's take Ole Miss for example. Okay. Let's say they were nine and three. Okay. But they're they're three. They lose a close game to Alabama, a close game to LSU, and a who's a close Georgia. game to Georgia. Okay. Are they a top ten team? If that it's was probably super close. I think they would be. Okay. Considering let's say those other three teams were good. Right? Yeah. 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 Now, it's the same year. All right, we're going to nine games. Okay. And they lose a 15-point game to, to Alabama, a 21-point game to Georgia, and they beat LSU. They beat Texas A&M. They beat everybody. And they go lose by six points at home against Vanderbilt. Are they going to be a top-10 team? Well, of course not. So you're you're bringing in that extra risk. Not so, Does that make sense? Yeah, so it does. It does. I get what they're trying to get to, and I understand that. Um, but – no coach. I, I hate that they're putting on like, you know, I saw like everybody's all, you know, I guess it's slow, slow media day, but everybody's, you know, Nick wanted nine games now wants eight. And, you know, and he don't, it doesn't matter what he says. It doesn't. People think it does. It has zero impact from on, a league standpoint. Sure. I agree. But that's on that. Um, all right. Then everybody wanted to talk about the portal and, and tampering with Interesting thing. Um, and I, I got two good views out of it. And there's some good points. Uh, Lane made a really good point I hadn't really thought about. I guess I have thought about it, but I didn't I hadn't thought about it in a while. But uh, most, if not every single coach, when it comes to the portal, wants the windows to be cut down. Yes. This was one of the things that happened today. I think it was today. Saban did radio. Maybe it was yesterday. He did radio, and he said they, they went and they – I got it. You're talking about the work stuff? Yeah. <laughs> he said that they sat down and figured out how many weeks of the year did they work seven days I a week. I want to talk about this, yeah. This drives me crazy with people. This drives me it drives me nuts with people. I'm, I'm always surprised at how cold people are, how little, not even sympathy, empathy, nothing. People, people view, well, you make a lot of money. I don't really give a shit how much you work. Okay, well, but... You, you should, and, and and if you truly want people to function at the highest level, they're not working seven days a week, 44 weeks out of the year. They're, he, they're, he was they're, asked. They're, they're taking, there's some time, just read a, a, a spot for better help, and I'm a big believer in mental therapy and stuff. I am. You, you and I talked about this, like this summer, even though I'm not going anywhere, I'm going to take a week or two at some point and do something I didn't used to do. Years ago, I just grinded. I'd go to vacations, quote, vacation. We'd go to the beach, and I'd podcast from the beach. Stupid. <laughs> went, to, went on a trip to California. I was so worried that I might take a day off that I would get up at 5 in the morning in California, go downstairs into the lobby of the hotel where we were staying in San Francisco or, or Los Angeles or whatever, and podcast 
How stupid was that? Yeah, I wouldn't. Have I mean, that's that. how that's how you that's how you burn yourself out. Well, he was talking about how with the new portal stuff and all the rules or lack of rules, the portal windows are open. That they basically forty four weeks out of the year work seven days a week. Well, what doesn't get said is in the other eight weeks of the year, they're working six days a week. Yeah, I mean that's not healthy. And yeah, yeah, for sure. I get it. Hey, he makes $9 million a year. Don't ask me to feel sorry for him. Okay, fine. Fine. Here's the thing. The people at the bottom of the chain that are trying to work their way up, they're not making $9 million. No. They're not making anything resembling There's $9 one guy in there make you can the coordinators and the head coach are making like life-changing money. And so what you're doing to these young people in the field is you're burning them out. And some of them are going to leave. They're going to quit. They're going to go do other things. And you're going to lose good young coaches who one day, because this is the way father time works, and it doesn't appear to affect Saban because I think he's going to live to be 206. But people, the older, you know, older people pass on and retire. And you you want quality young people working with and 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 listen, the job of a coach is even harder than it's ever been right now. It's harder than it's ever been because you're 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 managing, you're you're managing, you're essentially a general manager on top of being a coach. You're managing salary. You've got to manage the portal. You've got to recruit your own players all the time while you're tampering with other people's players. Yeah, they need to shrink the windows. They need to do a lot of things. They need to do some things that allow these people to be normal human beings. It's here, here's my only thing when I when it talks about you know when you when you get in the job that you're you're making sacrifices right, I mean you know that sure, but you shouldn't have to sacrifice having a family. Right. That's to me that's where it draws the line. You shouldn't have to sacrifice. Now, um, he said, and that's what I was want to talk about. I guess he said it in a, a Sirius XM radio interview that they they tracked it last year. They worked forty four weeks. They worked seven days a week. Um. And I've told you privately, but when I was at Al, I can still tell you what the normal, I, I knew my schedule. You know, if you, we, we would come the last, um, when it came to the, the second week or third week in July, when our second camp window opened, we basically worked from that point on all the way to February signing day, the first Wednesday in February. We worked every single day. Yep. Okay. So that's the third week of July to the second, the first Wednesday in February. We worked every single day. Yep. The only off day that you were truly off, now that this was when I was there, and that changes every year too, but the only day that we were off when I was at Alabama was Christmas Eve. We actually practiced uh, on the 23rd, uh, two days before Christmas, was a normal like a Thursday kind of practice deal to where we practiced and then at started at 2 o'clock and when practice, we got out of there about 6 after practice, 6, 6.30, I got home on the 23rd. Sent the kids home, and we came back in and watched film Christmas morning. Yeah. We opened up presents, and about 10 o'clock, my ass was back at the office. Yeah. All right? And then we brought the kids back Christmas night, practiced on the 26th morning, 26th, got on plane, and went to New Orleans right. for, for the playoff or mm -hmm. Sugar Bowl, whatever it was. All right? After signing day, we got off. So the first Wednesday of February, we got off the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. He gave us off. And then it was back to the grind. 
and we worked seven days a week because of visits and things like that, unofficial visits. Uh, we worked, and we, we may have had a Sunday or two off in March, I think. But then we got back to spring practice and everything. You're back going again, uh, and we got spring break off there. Now, the cool thing, and then the summertime, dead period summertime, so when camp was over with, that was the great thing. Back then, it used to be basically June 15th to July 15th. When the cool thing about Alabama, which I really loved about our time off there, is when we were off, we were off. When when we left that building, Nick Saban called me two times, twice. In two years, he called me twice what I call out of office, out of hours. And I can damn near, I can, one time he called me because he couldn't, couldn't find his, uh, recruiting board in his notebook uh, couldn't find his recruiting board thought he left it and I was like coach it's in the front of the notebook he's like okay he didn't know it was a pocket up there yeah. so and that was at like nine o'clock and some some night and then he called me on vacation I was at the beach in Charleston he called me asked me if we wanted to take this because he had talked to the kid kid wants to commit if we wanted to take him or not those are the only two conversations I had with Nick Saban yeah after hours yeah now working with Hugh Hugh's totally different yeah everybody's different yeah. A lot of off time with you. Okay. Go out, spend time with your family. But here was the trick with you is you're never off with you. Cause he's calling. He called me twice a day. Yeah. When we were, when we were not in the office. Yeah. I mean, at all times of the night too, he, he had texted me about some random, like he, he always loved it. He knew how to get under my skin a little bit. Like there'd be some random kid in my recruiting area, get an offer by whoever. He'd be like, Hey, what do you know about O'Neill McCready? I'm like, know your state, know your state, know your area. I mean, he'd be on my ass about, you know, some random kid. But just random times of the night, all the time. Yeah. I mean, just everybody's different. But ironically, I, that's the one cool thing I liked about Alabama was when you were off, dude, you were off. Yeah, you could count on it. You could count on it. He wasn't going to bother you. But, um, yeah, it was uh, interesting. You got any bills need to pay for you? Walk On Sports Bistro puts everything they've got into bringing you game day with the taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouth-watering, made-from-scratch Louisiana cuisine like po'boys, gumbo, voodoo shrimp, plus fan favorites like juicy burgers and fresh salads all in front of 70-plus TVs, 40-plus ice-cold beers on tap. Let walk-ons take care of your tailgating needs this season. Inquire today about their family and friends bundles, their uh, tailgate platters. You can order online at walkons.com or on their convenient Walk-Ons app, especially if you're in Oxford or uh, Jackson, Mississippi. Visit the Walk-Ons in Oxford or uh, Ridgeland today. And we're brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. It's going to start getting hot outside here pretty soon, really quick. (laughs) I think temperature's in the 90s next week. It's here, boys. So you want to make sure that AC is ready to roll, ready to handle the workload. Um, Get in touch with the people at Comer and Southern it's uh, different names, same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Batesville, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, get in touch with our friends at Comer Heating and Air at 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, uh, South Haven, Olive Branch, those areas, get in touch with our friends at Southern Air Conditioning and Heating at 662-429-4429. see some comments in the thread about <clears throat> working and stuff like that. I've also been with coaches that – uh, go off and do their own vacations and don't tell anybody, but expect you to work. Yeah. So I just saw some comments in the thread. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, I've, yeah. I've had some experience with coaches like that. They just go off and go fishing or, 
go travel with people and have a good time and mm-hmm. all that stuff and then expect you to stay and do all the work. And then when they come back, get in front of the podium and smile. So I've worked with coaches like that too. Whoever could you be speaking of? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Figure it out. All right. Um, how about this? I was joking with you. Our good friend Hugh Freeze has been listening to the podcast. There's no way he can tell me he hasn't been listening to the podcast. You think he's listening? Do you think he's watching the live stream right now? Uh, he's not watching the live stream. He's probably if he, if he, he's probably playing golf right now. He, yeah, he's watched it at some point in time. Um, the uh, so they asked him about tampering, and he literally almost quoted our podcast. What I said about the transfer portal podcast. Yeah, and I'm very passionate about. Um, he obviously agrees with me uh, verbatim. Um, but I'm very passionate about it. If they want to fix all this shit, all they got to do is go back to the old transfer rule. We covered that to nauseum. And he agrees. He said the same thing to the media, uh, that, you know, your free agency is when you transfer, when you graduate or if a coach leaves, which is what we said on the podcast. Are you surprised he would say that publicly? Even though, I mean, I know a lot of coaches agree with you, but a lot of coaches are a little afraid to say it because it's not, that is not a super popular stance with the kids that you're recruiting. Um, I am not surprised. Let me tell you one thing I've really liked about Hugh and since really he's been doing it since he's Liberty. He just didn't get the same amount of coverage, media coverage. Hugh's being very, um, very open with media and transparent in his thoughts. Um, he's not being guarded about things and you pretty much can ask him anything. He's going to answer it. And I think it's going to lead to some interesting press conferences. I think, uh, moving forward, but he's just telling you what he thinks in the past. He would have probably never answered that question, but I give him credit. He's, he's answering, he's answering questions and telling you what he thinks. A lot of coaches are scared to do that. And I think he's, he's reached the, he's not going to cuss, but he's, he's reached the, I don't give a damn part because he's made plenty of money and he'll just, he's reached that part where he'll tell you, um, which I think is, uh, which is fun, but yeah, for sure. But look, you know, I'm not going to get all into it, but I'm adamant about it. The more time goes on, I'm more adamant about it. I'm digging my heels in on this one. If it would fix everything, and we're out here trying to get all these rules changed, and we're worried about all this stuff, and we're legislation, and we're and we're trying to fix this, and we're worried about tempering, we're worried about this, we're worried about that. It'll all be fixed. One rule, one rule fixes everything. Fixes nil because every what would happen is everybody would go back to would go back to a, a uniform model. Hey, our guys get X amount of dollars here. Yeah. That's what would happen. It would fix collectives. If you're having a tough time raising funds, it would bring all the stuff back into balance. There would be no tampering. And look, if you want, and it's not a people, I hear this a lot. I hear, oh, well, they can't do that. That's one thing you can put back in the tube. There's been rule changes a thousand, because this is not a federal rule. Agreed. It, it, I, no, I'm totally with you. This you, is this, this is, is the, the one thing, thing that you they could, can you, put you, back in the tube. You can do it. I don't know that they have the stomach to do it because they're going to get beat up publicly when they do it. And there is just this, there is this thing and it's societal now. It is just so frightening to say something that's unpopular. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. But like, I mean, it clearly doesn't bother you. And it, no, it doesn't. And it doesn't bother me, I'm being dead but serious. it bothers a lot of like, people. Like I really... Whenever this thing comes up, because it'll probably be Nick that does it when he gets ready to retire, which I don't know if he ever will. But if he ever takes up, the first time there's a college football commissioner, and I think it's coming sooner rather than later, Okay, I'm going to do everything I can to to get on the rules committee there. 
Is there any chance that you've already worked for that guy before? There is a chance. Uh, probably a really strong chance. I'm going to do everything I can. And the first thing, day one. It's it's like, you know, it was funny. Not to get on this topic. And I interrupted you. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're good. I, I listened to Saban this week. And other people were trying to analyze it. Like, is he, you know, is he kind of getting tired of it? Is he getting, I, I almost wondered whether he's, not that he's not 100% dialed into his job at Alabama, because he is. <laughs> 200%. But he's one of those few people that when you tell me, hey, well, I gave it 110%. Most people, they don't have 110%. He probably does have an extra 10%. And I kind of wonder if his extra 10% is thinking about, you know what? I've been doing this a long time. I think I could fix it. His answers felt really big picture to me. He's always been like that, though. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, he was just now maybe more, some of them are public and some aren't. He was just more that way this time. Talking to him in private, he's always been like that. Does it make sense? Like he, yeah, everything he does is big picture. Like he's that's how he thinks. And and I'm gonna be honest with you. One of the biggest lessons I got from working with a guy was to learn how to think and make decisions. And everybody's like, well, huh, huh? And he was very big on – he always would say this. I think this is very cool for any person out there. Every – you hear the word consequence. This is something he said that stuck with me. You hear the word consequence, and you immediately think something bad. Right, negative. Consequences are can be good and bad. Right. So when you go to make a decision, you have to think about what the consequences, good or bad, of that decision – Okay, and then take those consequences and figure out what to do from there and think down the road. Right. Don't think one, you know, he always, you know, he loved the saying, you can't see the forest because the trees are in the way. You know, always think ahead about, okay, this is going to cause this to happen. When this happens, what are the problems going to be from that? And and learning how to think like that has helped me immensely as an adult, I mean, as a human being, Mm -hmm. much less a football coach, but as a human being, Learning how to think like that and process information like that, it's one of the best lessons I got from working at the place. And uh, But he's always been a big-picture guy. Um, I think he would be great at it. Now, do I think he's shutting it down anytime soon? I'll go ahead and tell you all, no. Yeah, no, I don't either. No. I, I don't, And I don't think he's the guy that's going to think about it. I think it's going to happen. I don't think he's – I think I don't think it's going to be, well, you know, maybe this year if I do – no, I don't think he – he doesn't think like that. I think it's just going to be one day he's going to wake up and be like, that's it. I don't think it's going to be a, a gradual onset. Right, right, right. I, I, I don't think that. You don't think he has a year that where it's the retirement tour? Well, I was of the understanding that year was already coming past. I'm confused. I I had a number, and that number has come and passed. Okay. And so, no, I, I, don't, I don't – now I don't know because he, he is – People just don't. I mean, that's what he does, man. And he's always said when he when he when he feels that he is no longer a asset to the team, that's when he'll shut it down. Well, <laughs> he ain't close to that yet. So, you know, and that's what he does. That's what his hobby is. I mean, yeah. he enjoys it. I mean, yeah. you know, that's his hobby. That and playing golf. Um, but now he's so Hugh going back. So uh, Hugh said that, and then they asked him about nil, and then he literally. Uh, actually quoted our numbers when I was talking about a podcast the other day. I'll just randomly throw out numbers. If it's 25 first year, he literally said word for word. For word. If it's 25 first year, 50 for second year, whatever. But uh, so we got us a fan in Hugh Freeze. He listens yeah. to the show. He so, needs what to, up, Hugh? 
You need to get Hugh to retweet the show. Maybe we get we get we're going to get him on the show. Maybe we'd get more of an Auburn we're audience gonna ha- at that point. We're going to have a kumbaya moment with They'll Neil lose. McCready. Well, they will lose their minds at Auburn. He probably needs to win a couple games before. Will he, they get? Does he do interviews with them? I, no, I don't mean that. I mean just that those people would be unhappy that he spent any time talking to me. That would be great. We're going to do it. I'll get him to do it. I'll get him to do it. We're going to have a kumbaya moment. Oh, we're all good. We're good. It, it's it's all good. All right. And the last thing from these meetings, this drives me nuts. Stop asking. Every coach got asked about sports betting. Hey, have the recent deals made you talk to your – I mean, one guy asked Kirby. Kirby I like, Kirby's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Kirby's got a little bit of nick in him, but he's <laughs> – he, he, but he let the guy go. Hey, did, has this caused you to have any more, you know, heart? He asked, hey, if you had the conversation, have these recent, you know, the Alabama deal and all this stuff. And some guy asked Nick, like, like it was his fault that the baseball coach and the Brandon Miller deal concerns with Al- – and Nick wanted to go, hey, man, like, are any of these football players? You know, it's not he, – he doesn't have anything to do with those players. You know what I mean? They were yeah. asking the problems with the athletic department. He's like <laughs> – you know, I don't, he can only control, you know, what he can control. Right. Has this, you know, this baseball stuff and all these betting scandals forced you to have any more hard talks with your players? No. Like, no. Like, betting is hammered, hammered with players. They all know. It's like, do you ever, te- like, when you have your kids, you one of the first things you teach your kids is don't touch the hot stove. Yeah. Right? For but, sure. But guess what happens every fucking day in America? Somebody touches Some the kid stove. touches the hot stove. Yeah, sure. So do you go home and say, hey, hey, Knox, was a seven-year-old in Seattle, touched the hot stove today? No. I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't hammer it home any more than it's been hammered home. Um, every team gets, that gets talked about it every single year, and they know the consequences. So there's only so much you can do. Right. Yep. And I and and I'll tell you something. I'm gonna take it up for Dion again. I think something he said that I agree with. You're gonna start paying these kids like pro athletes. They're gonna start getting treated like pro athletes. Yeah. All right. For sure. At what point are they still kids? Are you a kid? I'm asking. Do you, as a journalist, do you feel like you should treat a kid that's 19 years old, 18 years old, that's making five million dollars to play football Mm-mm. different? Than the kid that play that I mean, are they still a kid? Nope. No, I, I've I've already and I've had to talk to myself about this because I've always been, hey man, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna rip the kids, I'm I'm not gonna criticize the kids. I they're 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 doing the best they can, but now it's two things. Let, let's use Ole Miss as an example. It's just an example. This would apply to anywhere. But let's say this year. They brought in 13, so far, defensive transfer portal guys. It's a big number, I think. In my world, it's a big number. Yeah, no, that's a big number. Because if you think about that year over year, that, that, number Probably gets, more. that number gets big. Okay, so for the sake of this conversation, before anybody thinks I'm predicting this, this is, nope, this is just a scenario. Let's say that defensively they're not very good, Okay. They give up a ton of yards. They're in the 70s and the 80s in the rankings and in, in the in, in rush defense, pass defense, total defense, scoring defense, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I can't help but go, hey, y'all did some really crappy evaluations and these players aren't any good. 
and you got to write that the players aren't good and that you overpaid for this player. If you if you know generally that you're paying X hundred thousand or whatever for a defense and then it doesn't work, yeah, sure, it's, crit- it's a criticism now. It's a totally different deal if if Quinshawn Judkins fumbles and he he won't because he had I think he had one fumble last year. He's like, good. Let's say he fumbles three times in a game. I mean, I think one of the hey, an eight hundred thousand dollar player can't fumble the ball three three times in a game. <laughs> I think there's a different deal in the same way that if, but it won't happen though. Well, in the same way, I'll give you an example. It, no, because the people that do it will get crucified. Yep. But I would circle back and go, well, if I'm covering the Chicago Cubs right now, okay, let's say I'm a Cubs beat writer. The Cubs gave Jamison Tyone sixty five million dollars over three years, and right now he's got an eight ERA. Well, the contract is an albatross. It's totally different than if you bring up a kid from AAA and he's not quite getting it done yet. You're like, well, yeah, you know, he's a rookie, so he's making rookie money. But if you sign, um, um, you know, uh, Carlos Correa talked about this the other day in Minnesota. He got off to a bad start. He's making a massive contract, and he admitted that, hey, you know, I make I make too much money to suck like this. If Dansby Swanson were sucking and he's not, but let's say he were, I mean, you'd be like, hey, you paid $177 million for this? That was always the Jason Hayward thing in Chicago. Was It's not just that you suck, it's you can't hit, it's that you're getting paid the largest contract in, in franchise history. So, yeah, if you're bringing in quarterbacks, bringing in Spencer Sanders, for example, or whoever, the, the, the kid at, at Auburn that they got from – yeah. You know, where, wherever. I mean, you're bringing those guys in. If they don't perform, well, you paid for this. He's not just getting a scholarship anymore. No, he's not. I mean, if you go, well, there was always black market money. The black market money was never like this. It was never <laughs> like this. There was there was nobody making the kind of money some of these kids are making. It never happened. It just didn't. And I'm listen, and I'm happy for the kids. But yes, does it change the way that we should talk about them and treat them and you can't have the coaches, and it's not. I'm always, I'm always careful here because I don't want people to think I'm picking on Lane because Lane's not the only coach that says this. We're professional sports. All right, well, then maybe we should cover you like professional sports. Maybe we should. And, and then on the flip side, see, this is, where it gets, this is where it's hard for me. Like tomorrow, Ole Miss is having a Friday Night Lights thing. They're having, I'm sure uh, Florida's probably having some gator barbecue or whatever, whatever the hell, right? And those kids show up. And they're my son's age. They're literally a year older than I mean, they'll they'll have kids in there that are 2025 kids. So this is where it hits home for me. I have a 2025 kid in my house. Yeah. And and he's a you've met him. He's a mature kid. Good kid. He's a really nice kid. He's a smart kid. Um Thank God for Laura. Amen. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> but he's not ready. He's not ready to make like if you put that kind of money in his hands right now, come on. Yeah. He's not nowhere, nowhere close to prepared for that. Now, if someone would like to, please do. We'll figure it out. But you, you understand what I'm getting no, at? I, I mean, I, 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 I can't treat those age kids like they're pros. They're not. They're just babies, man. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the, the, the part, of, I guess, what I'm getting at is like, it's more, you can't, like, if you're going to get paid. And I think what Dion was referring to is like, if you're getting paid that money, then you have certain expectations you have to meet. And I'm talking about from a 
from a, hey, if you're, you, you got your sore today, well, you got to go. We're paying you to go. That's kind of like professional athletes. You know, when you're, you're not just dinged up and we can sit you, you got to go. If you're going to get paid, you got to play. Yeah. And, and well, I, there's, there's, there's going to be some of that going on. There's for sure. And that's not good. But No, it's not good. But, but it, it's, it's going it, to happen. It is what it is. Yeah. So there's, no, there's a lot of, the, the landscape changes in so many different ways. And there's a lot of guys and, Frankly, it's the younger guys in my field that are just because they're not they're not accountable. They don't have to go see them in person. They don't show up. They kind of hide behind blogs and videos and stuff. They're going to destroy people. Oh, yeah. They're no, going to destroy. You them. can tell like the national media as opposed to beat writers. The, the tone is already changing. And you could tell with some of the questions being asked in the, in the SEC, I guess the SEC meetings, the national guys were asking hard. And I'm like, yeah questions and beat writers are still kind of trying to figure it out but yep. but going back to the betting stuff and i, I want to make this point before we get out of here the problem with the betting stuff is once things are legal in some places and then they're not legal in your area you can't control those things right now we're talking about betting because it's hot topic and we can control this do you know what something nobody ever talks about go talk to a go talk to a staff that works that uh has a school in a state that where marijuana is legal. Oh. But nobody's going to talk about that. You know, it is. You, you still have drug tests and shit, right? Right. Go go talk to a staffer on a team who's located where you can go to the local store and just get all the freaking weed you want. But now we got to go test you every, you know, however often your deal is. Go check your school policies. It's a little complicated. Yeah, it gets a little complicated. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can't make – like, I remember when the NCAA was like, was it nanograms what they measured in? You you had a positive test if you – I think it was over five. Okay, it, went, it was – that's when it – like a long time ago. It was if you had – if you test – dude, you're freaking done. I'm talking about not that long ago, like 15 years ago. Yeah. If you had over five, your ass was off the team. Then they came in with APR, and then you started giving guys second, third chances. You started changing your policies because it came more culturally accepted, all that stuff. Well, now they went from th- they went from that to like thirty, okay. And then recently, last year, we talked about on the show last summer, they changed to like one fifty nanograms. Like, long as you're not a habitual user, if you're just a recreational user, if you go out and sm- you could smoke weed yesterday and come in and test today, and you're probably under one fifty. That's yeah. high. Yeah. Like the NCAA made the level so high that you basically can't, you got to be a complete, like you have to be smoking weed five minutes before you walked in the test to, to fail it now. It's so high. And it still happens. It still happens. <laughs> <laughs> like ask me how I know about those nanograms, but like you're sitting there and now you get kids that are habitual users and it'll stay in the, you know, it takes a longer time for the body to get rid of the, uh, I guess it's THC or whatever the active drug is. I've gotten very uh, experienced in the old because uh, I we were I was a part of a staff that took over a program that had a lot of failed drug tests when we got here. Yeah, like a lot. Yeah, I know. like a lot. The 2011 Ole Miss team was. High. I wasn't here. If, if, I don't. If, 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 I wasn't you write, here in if you write the story of 2011 Ole Miss, the the title of the book could just be high. <laughs> I don't, I wasn't here in 2011. I don't know what happened, but I was a part of I was a part of a staff that took over a place that we drug tested the entire remaining team that was there when we got there. And about 75% failed drug test. <laughs> Grind says uh, earlier or today we talked about state law 
yeah. um, overriding NCAA private reg- I, I don't know. I don't know how that works as it pertains to drug testing. I have no idea. No, it's school uh, drug testing grind is is they they've gone to this probably. So you have NCAA drug test. Okay, the NCAA will come in and drug test you. They do it before every bowl game. All right, and then. Um, but you have school policy. So a school drug test is different than the NCAA. When the NCAA comes and drug tests you, if you fail a drug test, they, they more test for uh, performance-enhancing drugs, mm-hmm. those kind of things, hardcore street drugs. If you, But it's really a performance-enhancing thing from NCAA-wise. NCAA-wide, and if you, if you pop on an NCAA drug test, it's 365 days from the day you fail it. And then, again, it's for performance-enhancing. Your school drug test, <coughs> it's by school policy. So your school can do whatever policy they want to do. Some are more strict than others. Um, most of them have gone very lax on that. Now, where, where okay, if you fail a drug test, you know, we notify your parents the first time and put you in counseling and then send you to rehab and things like that. I, I've seen it go a long way. But it's not as – the way they've changed the levels – Again, you have to be. You would already know the kid has a problem before you ever get to the drug test. But it's real. It's random. And as a coach, I, I can honestly look at you dead in the face and say, when when the trainer walked up at the end of practice, NCAA, and it's random. I can honestly look you dead in the face and tell you that I was praying some kids didn't get their name drawn because <laughs> I was like, that's it. <laughs> it's a wrap. Because he just went through a practice that way. Well, I, no, I, I, I've never coached a kid that was high at practice. Okay. I've never done that. Okay. I mean, ever. Um, if you have, I bless you. But anyway. Anything else before we head yeah, out? Yeah, i got a couple things. All right. <laughs> Just funny stuff I had to talk about. So, today, the Memorial Golf Tournament. PG, I know you're, you're dialed in. So, I thought this was kind of, uh, and I hope he's fine. Uh, but Dylan Fratelli is a golfer. And he's a, he is a averages grits golfer okay but it's the memorials invitation only big money my man was 15 over after 14 holes i'd be celebrating and he withdrew due to illness yeah he called it illness yeah um why did he withdraw at the 15th hole because he teed off on the 15th hole hit the shit out of bounds and the 15th hole was next to the clubhouse so he's like that's it boys i'm out i'm out so he shot the deuce <laughs> And it pissed off a lot of these fantasy owners because they don't get points. You know? yeah, so yeah. A lot of people are pissed off about him. But, um, And then the last thing, I know you're not a NASCAR guy, but I thought this was is actually kind of interesting. So Sunday they had the, uh, had the big race. It actually happened Monday. In Charlotte, the Coca-Cola 600, longest NASCAR race of the year. Uh, Chase Elliott, who's the most popular driver in NASCAR, just completely dumps Denny Hamlin. I mean, just wrecked him on purpose. Okay. And Denny Hamlin gets out, and he's a vet, and these are two vets. And Denny's pissed and legitly pissed and has reason to be pissed and just goes overboard, you know, demanding. He's a superstar. So NASCAR is a sport where they will listen to their superstars. And so he actually is a part uh, race owner with 2311 with Michael Jordan, and Bubba Wallace got suspended for a race early in the year for aggressive driving and retaliation and, and being stupid. And he's like, hey, you know, my driver gets suspended early in the year. He should be suspended. And I was like, yeah, they're not going to do that because it's Chase Elliott and they'll figure it out. He goes back. They're in Charlotte, right? So he's able to go back to the headquarters 
and pull. They have data for everything in NASCAR now. It's kind of like track man for golf. Mm-hmm. They can get on there and see, hey, where was I getting beat? Was he? You can see where other drivers are hitting their gas, where they're, how much they're turning the wheel. I mean, just all kinds of data. He screenshots the data where it showed that Chase Elliott turned his wheel harder when he hit him than he did in any turn the whole four times harder than he did at any turn that track. So he did it on purpose and puts it out on social media, turns off his comments. Oof. And so NASCAR had to suspend Chase Elliott for one race. He's out for this week. So he's not going to be very popular with the rest of the guys. Let me tell you guys. what, let me tell you what snitches get. Stitches. Snitches get stitches. Yep. And then what, if you don't think his ass is getting dumped unintentionally sometime between now and the end of the year, if you play, if you bet on Denny Hamlin, I just it's going to happen at yeah. some point in time. There's going to be a big moment. Someone's going to take him out, and it may be Chase Elliott. And hey, where I just accidentally just run into you because they don't have to try very hard in those cars to wreck you, right? Like they can do some things. They spend a lot of energy trying not to wreck people. Yeah, and it yeah. doesn't take anything but just hit, whoops. Yeah, just tapping you in the left <laughs> rear going to turn. <laughs> whoops, sorry. Like it doesn't have to be yeah, intentional, right? That you can't prove it. His ass is going to get dumped, so it's going to be funny. All right, we'll be back on uh, Monday. We've got a special guest joining us on uh, on Monday. Yeah, barring anything happening, I guess I don't want to – I'm not going to say who it is, yeah. but barring any uh, any changes, we're going to have a really good guest on Monday. You need to tell everybody to tune in. Um, the most excited I have been on a guest so far, so we'll get him on. Um, I'm excited. Uh, it's something that's, that's going to be – uh, I think all of the people who listen to our show will be very excited for. So make sure you're tuning in on Monday. So uh, for Tyler, I'm Neil again. We're brought to you by uh, Rain Total Body Fuel, 300 milligrams, natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. Have a great weekend. Thanks for joining us in the stream. Thanks for listening to us on uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, and we will talk to you on Monday.